0: Welcome to My Muy Bueno Women in Business Podcast to inspire, empower, strengthen, support and motivate you on your walk as a woman in business. I'm Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno and a very big welcome to today's show. Yay, we're coming out of lockdown, hurrah, hurrah. So yesterday was the first day that London, England, were all coming out of lockdown. Uh, terraces were buzzing with people eating and drinking and laughing, and oh, shops were opening up, and oh, it's just yeah, finally. So um, up and down the country, obviously not just here in London, up and down the country, yeah, everyone's yeah buzzing with delight and enjoying getting to embracing family and friends and coming together and breaking bread and just, oh, it's, there was such a buzz yesterday and in the air from the second I kind of walked into the office and all the tables outside were full and um, and leaving again at the end of the day and just walking and walked from Chelsea through to South, South Ken and uh, stopped at Carluccio's and had a glass of wine and a plate of calamari. And it was just, oh my gosh, I was freezing cold, <laughs> uh, but it didn't matter. It was just so refreshing and so nice also just to be able to do it's the simplicity of the stuff we've, you know, taken for granted forever. Um, you know, ordering from a menu and you know having um, uh, just that kind of back and forth banter with the with the waiter or waitress, and um, and then yeah, just waving to get the bill at the end, and and yeah, just eating out and being out and surrounded by other people, and oh, it's just yeah, I've got a few. Um, Yeah, bookings over the next few weeks, which I'm really excited about. But taking my boys are on half term still, so taking them out for... A nice breakfast tomorrow and then for lunch on Friday before they go back to school. Just have, have a sidestep. And as we talked about last time, making time. Have I got time in my schedule to, to do that? Not really, but I want to do that. So I've got to make the time to do it, which means I'll probably be working till crazy late tomorrow night and Friday night. But it doesn't matter because it's more than worth it. And it's all about those experiences and um providing those experiences and making time for them. So uh, what else is going on? Oh, I've got a new puppy coming as well. (laughs) So in the next few weeks, we've got Koji, uh, which is Japanese for little one, is going to be joining us. And um, he's going to be my my new sidekick. So if you follow me on Instagram, get ready for some serious puppy spam coming up. Uh, But yeah, he's going to be, we've had so much upheaval in this past year. And it's been on my mind for a while. I've always wanted, a, he's a Chihuahua. I've always wanted a little Chihuahua. And years ago, uh back in Mallorca, ha- I, I had French bulldog, um, Atticus, his name was. And for, for some reason in my head, I, I thought, I didn't know that French bulldogs grow quite as big as he actually ended up growing. He was literally on par with a kind of small English bulldog. I don't know if he was just not a pure French bulldog or anyway, he was quite a large dog. He's de- He definitely was not a handbag dog, anyhow. I remember one day, like I jumped, oh, we had obviously a Labrador as well. He used to jump in the pool. And I remember Atticus once jumped in the pool and started sinking. And it was like, oh, crap, <laughs> quick, save the sinking dog. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, he was never a handbag dog. Always wanted to have a doggy that I could have with me as a little companion. Uh, however, the boys are just too little for a Chihuahua because they're kind of temperament and stuff. And they get a little bit scared, um, you know. I've got a girlfriend who's got a lovely back in Mallorca lovely chihuahua um so yeah I was just very inspired that you know for them uh now they're at a good age to be involved and be involved in the responsibility of a dog and responsibility you know of um uh you know all that brings uh but also just to give us some joy and happiness uh because we need it <laughs> and some stability really you know my boys have had a Uh, uh, I mean, we've all had, we've all had a really hard, crazy upside down year, but from their, like from a child's perspective, I mean, they've changed, uh, you know, they were put under lockdown and that whole kind of just what that whole, that meant, they weren't going to school anymore. They weren't seeing their friends anymore. Then obviously all the shifting going on. Um, so being at home for months on end, just us at home. And then of course, packing the house up, packing everything up, coming with me, seeing all the deli being dismantled and the cookery school. And like, you know, me being upset and reality that we were leaving, we're moving. So everything that they knew that they've ever known since birth, you know, to not to just, that's gone, you know, all of that's just completely. Yeah. And then moving house, moving country, coming to England, new school, uh, new friends, and then, of course, another lockdown. Um, and then, yeah. And then, obviously, this last lockdown has been the hardest. And then being around, you know, and home for so many months. Um, it's yeah. It's it's been very testing. And then it's obviously with that, it's brought a whole load of up, you know, hurdles and curveballs that uh, I'm very much still navigating through. And and it's been hard. And it's been grueling. So yeah, I think Koji's going to bring us some. Stability, which they need right now, and I need right now uh, after we've had so many changes. And then there's going to be some other changes coming up off the back of these curveballs, which, you know, we don't need any more changes, but we're going to be having some. So um, again, Koji is going to be a distraction. And he's going to provide some love and also help me just to, you know, on days when I'm so sucked in with work, just gives me that kind of, yeah, distraction to be able to be coming away from the screen and enjoying him and playing with him and taking him out and taking him everywhere with me and um, training him, obviously, of course, and going to, yeah, socialize him with the cats and with Hank and, um, and yeah give the the boys some much needed joy and love and you know everyone keeps saying oh children are resilient children are resilient but you know what children have uh, who suffer from trauma as children grow up into adults and you don't know which way that's going to come out we know that it does come out as adults and you are affected by it I know that personally So um, for me, it's just trying to do my bit in making sure that they have that stability right now. And um, so, yes, I'm very excited about a puppy. And do I have time for a puppy? No, no, I don't. But again, making time uh, because it's important and it's got to go to the top of the list, you know, because we get one time on this earth and we've got to make it count. And, yeah, embracing experiences and time together cherishing my children while they're young and having this time with them and oh just wrapping my arms around them at the moment more than ever in this ridiculously crazy upside down world we're living in so that's all of that going on and that's it really I don't think there's anything else I can it's just it's been intense uh as always juggling all the balls and dealing with all different things going on uh, so you know I think emotionally physically Mentally, spiritually, all the ellies um, uh, have been in play. Uh, so, yeah, um, my eyes are throbbing and I'm, yeah, but I am, I've put myself in on Sunday uh, at a spa and I'm going to have some treatments and I'm giving myself a day for me. I'm uh, giving myself some self care because I need it, because I deserve it, because uh, I'm absolutely um, depleted, really, and I'm exhausted. So, going to give myself a solid day of me time, proper digital detox, work detox, all the other stuff, detox and put down and just have that TLC and absorb it and embrace it and I can't wait uh it's been a very very long time I mean at least a year now so since I've done anything had chance been able to do anything for me in that capacity so I'm really looking forward to that and otherwise yeah recognizing that I need to take responsibility um and you know I'm accountable and I need to if I'm you know it's the whole putting the it's putting the oxygen mask on uh situation scenario that's on an airplane you know um You can't put it on everyone else first. You need to put it on yourself first in order to, um, uh, yeah, make sure that you're taken care of so that you can then, of course, put the mask on and take care of everyone else. So, yeah, very much like that, I think, right now. So I'm at a stage where I'm like, okay, I need to give myself some time. I need to look after myself. I need to give myself that um that love before I burn out so and that's not that can't happen because I'm responsible for two amazing little people and my business and all the balls and all the people and everything that goes on um and so yeah so that's that and um right today's episode So it's called A Man's World, Um, controversially, I guess, but hey, we do live in a man's world and we need to shine light on that and talk about it and my goodness, there's a lot to talk about and there isn't enough time in this episode. If I get started, you'll be listening to a four-hour podcast, which is... <laughs> Which is, I think, I push you at the the hour and a half ones. So we're going to be uh, try and be a bit bit quicker today. Um, I've got a wonderful guest coming up for you, who's the amazing Claire Parnell. I'm very excited um, to share uh, her interview with you. Uh, she's fantastic, super super inspiring woman. Uh, and yeah, she's her whole background and everything is all connected to the whole sports industry. Uh, so of course you can see why I titled today's episode is a man's world however Claire brings to the table refreshing news about her experiences in the industry Uh, but I'll I'll let you hear all of that for for yourself but it's um, and I'll chat again after but let's just talk about it a little bit more let's talk about some facts let's talk about the realities I mean um, let's let's you know Going off of the World Economic Forum uh, last year, their global gender gap report revealed that gender parity will not be attained for 99.5 years and that none of us will see gender parity in our lifetimes and nor likely will many of our children like, wow, you know, um, when you listen to, to Claire next, you know, we are clearly making progress and have been making progress. And, uh, we know that we can feel that we can, you know, but, but it's down to us to keep on with that and keep flying the flag and keep on, um, uh, moving forward to ensure that, you know, we get to that, you know, I mean, that's a really, frighteningly long time away and um you know to think that it'd be my potentially my children's children or their children who are the only ones who are going to start to really experience gender parity properly uh i mean gosh that's crazy but that therefore it's that reminder that everything we do now matters Greatly. Um and it is leaving our print on, on you know, the world that we live in. It's a generational thing and it has to be, you know, it's um and it's gonna it, it has made all the difference. It is making all the difference and we need to keep on making, you know, the differences that will then um be passed down and can you know to the next generation and beyond from there so that we continue making change. Um, you know, let's have a look at more facts here. So We've got, even on the UN's website, um, some facts and figures. I mean, it's the list is very long and uh, you can imagine, I mean, the realities of, of, you know, when you start casting your eyes on the information around the whole world, <clears throat> it's truly frightening. And um, yeah, I mean, so in 18 countries, husbands can legally prevent their wives from working. In 39 countries, daughters and sons do not have equal inheritance rights, and 49 countries lack laws protecting women from domestic violence. One in five women and girls, including 19% of women and girls aged between 15 and 49, have experienced physical and or sexual violence by an intimate partner within the last 12 months. Yet, 49 countries have no laws that specifically protect women from such violence. While women have made important inroads into political office across the world, their representation in national parliaments is at 23.7%, so it's very far from parity. In 46 countries, women now hold more than 30% of seats in national parliament in at least one chamber. Only 52%... Of women married or in a union freely make their own decisions about sexual relations, contraceptive use, and healthcare. Globally, women are just 13% of agricultural landowners. I mean, it goes on and on and on, as you can imagine. This is from uh, un.org, looking at the facts and figures uh, on gender equality. Uh, which is of course not only a fundamental human right but a necessary foundation for a peaceful prosperous and sustainable world Um, so let's look at the realities of that and just shine a bit more light I'm sure many of you have experienced um, you know situations over the years Uh, you know I know for one you know back when I was in restaurants you know I mean let's go further back than that you know in childhood again through the years there's definitely been change 100% um, but you know it's taken time to get there and the only reason we're there is again because people women before us had a voice and they started speaking up about things so like in restaurants you know I remember like silver servicing uh once doing a temp job in hotel in a hotel every Christmas and you know it was you'd go in and you'd have all the 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 lewd remarks and the blatant sexism from all the guys in in the kitchen uh you know and you go in as a waitress going to carry something out and you know someone would slap you on the bum and you know laugh about it and you'd laugh about it (laughs) because of course you know you like what are you meant to do because back then you did you just shut up and (laughs) and brushed off and like many women have and so so much more um however over time as more and more more and more women started to speak up and um give permission I say this later on today but yeah uh, and I hate that whole word permission but it's it is permission to then share and speak up and say no enough and you know please don't do that and you have no right to do that and um and yeah your sexual (laughs) sexual blatant sexism is not acceptable um you know times where I remember yeah being uh, discarded like I wouldn't understand something because what because I'm a woman um, and <laughs> uh, not being able to lift something or carry something uh, because I'm what, a woman again all of these stereotypes because the man has to hold something that you know and I think it's just over time we've had all these things washing through because there's been these specific stereotypes that have been pushed into us you know the woman's the homemaker and the man's the breadwinner and that's how it was and you know and of course you go back all these different generations and yeah sure okay that's what how it was and um uh, for a very long time until more women started to make a stand and and make these changes that we are now reaping the benefits of here which is why we have to do our bit and we have to keep sharing and we have to keep storytelling because Um, as Elizabeth Marvel says, if you can see it, you can be it. And it's so true. Um, and so when you can see other women doing things, you see other women as leaders, you want, you know, the young girls of today looking up at these different women in power, how inspiring that is and inspiring them for their career paths and futures and opportunities opening up to them more and more and more than ever before. Um, you know, the, the opportunities that, my granny had versus what a child, you know, today growing up has a completely different, you know, um, you know, we're in, in, you know, she, she was a midwife <laughs> and it was probably a midwife or a nurse and that's it. So I uh, like it when Claire speaks later, you know, talking about opportunities she had, you know, for going into sports, it was kind of PE P or physio, you know, and again, nothing against... Uh, uh midwives or nurses or pe teachers or physios obviously but the point is it's emphasizing those are the those are the kind of options at that time and how now again we are we are moving forward and in all those areas we're opening things up look now you can have of course and for a very long time male nurses and female doctors and everything's opened up and of course then in the sports industry that's the case and All the industries, or most of the industries. So, um, we are reaping that change and that difference. And I would say, um, especially, I mean, you know, now as a woman in business, you know, do I still experience parts of it? Yes, but not so much because I've created this world that's my world, my safe space. And if someone is uh, displaying any sort of, gender bias uh, towards me or sexism or anything in any way then like (laughs) see you later I'm not going to work with you or do business with you or uh so I think kind of again we you have more control when it's in your world uh which of course is super empowering in itself um but yeah, there's a there's a really good video I saw, uh, which is uh, I'll try and find it, and if I find it, I'll pop it on the on the podcast uh, for you all. Um, but it's a video of of two little two young children, one male and one female, and they both were told to do a job. I can't remember what it was. They did some stacking of of. Uh, building bricks or whatever, it, whatever it was. Anyhow, they got paid with sweets, and they were both given a jar each. And the little boy was there, and he was been poured all of his sweets in, uh, and his were piled right to the top of the jar, couldn't fit any more in. And then the little girl, he's watching. The little girl gets hers, but she only gets half. And they looked at each other, and they were like, "That's a bit strange." And they go, "Okay, there you go. That's your that's your your sweets for for the job." And they were like, "But." but we both did the same job, but we, you know, what? No. So anyway, it was really, it's a wonderful video and it's super sweet. It really stuck in my mind when it came to writing my notes and for today's episode. And then like, you have what, like one boy's to, like pouring his sweets into the, to the girl's jar and leveling out the the sweets uh, to have an even distribution. And then even asking these children, you know, um, uh what what's the problem like why why is why what's what's the funny face for sort of thing and so well we both did the same thing and you've given only her half and I've got you know, that's not fair, Um, and yeah, no, it's not fair, it's not fair that, you know, uh, men get paid more than women for doing the same job, you know, so as young children, uh, you know, you've got two individuals who are doing the same job, so why should they be rewarded in different ways, they should be rewarded the same way for doing the same job, Uh, so again, we're still trying to break down so much of all of that, because again, You know, without spending time researching all of that whole area in itself, Uh, you know, and the equality or the lack of it when it comes to um, paying women (laughs) fairly and evenly, you know, it shouldn't be an issue. But sadly, it very much still is uh, in the world today. Uh, But it's a wonderful video. I will will really try and find it because it's great. I'd love to watch it again. It's just really it it left a, yeah, really... Left a, left a, what's the word, left a mark, left a, yeah, I, I really f- I just felt uh, very strongly about it, enough to, enough so that it came to me to share with you today. So, um, right, let's talk a little bit more about, so obviously we just ha- flew the flag for International Women's Day, you know, there's so many different um, areas of, uh, that are definitely more male-oriented. And of course, you know, so chefs and restaurants and, um, uh, you know, of course, the sporting world and certain other in- industries that are uh, heavily kind of male-led. Uh, um, but listening to our wonderful guest, you, I think you'll feel quite refreshed because it wasn't what I was expecting. And I really thought that um, I, I'm really pleased and happy that, uh, to hear that things are have changed so much and are so progressive but a lot of that then again comes down to the people and having the right people around you and the right mindsets and that's not always the case for everyone um and someone could have an entirely different experience but you know working for good companies who look after uh, people and um you know are constantly evolving and moving forward and embracing um the same goals and the right goals and and you know, really um, promoting women and uh, bringing them up to position senior positions and so much more championing that. Uh, I mean, that's everything, really. And working for people like that and around people like that and around men like that is, again, a massive game changer and how it should be um, so yeah, I'm going to, with no further ado, I've got plenty more notes and things to talk about on this, but let's get you listening to Claire. So, uh, here she is. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch up with you all after. So a very big, warm welcome to you, Claire. Hi. Hi, Justine. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. Very well. Very good. well.
0: Thank you very much for joining me here today. Our pleasure. And before I uh, kind of uh, introduce, introduce you and get you talking, uh, as obviously this episode is is titled A Man's World, and we'll be kind of delving further into that a little bit later. Um, but just to share a little bit more about our guest, so uh, Claire is the founder of Onside Communications, and she'll be sharing a little bit more about that with us in a moment, Uh, but it's a brand and communications consultancy company, which is uh, all about championing and connecting brands, organizations, uh, athletes, governing bodies, communities, all through creative storytelling, powerful partnerships, um, all powered through a love of sport. So we're kind of delving into that whole world of sport, which we haven't done before. We haven't had anyone on in the sports world today. So it's obviously very apt um, being such a kind of male dominated environment. But prior to that, you were working at Nike uh, for a very long time, wow, for nine years. As a European UK communications director. And you're working with global brand. wow, global sporting icons, clubs, federations, basketball, NFL. Wow. I mean, wow, amazing. Your background is incredible. So um, if you can just share for everyone who doesn't know more about you at this time or on site, if you can just share a little bit about your background and your journey that led you up to ultimately starting your company and becoming a woman in business
1: yeah awesome I'd love to um so I guess I've been working in the sport industry now for for 20 years um in London for the duration of that but actually I grew up in a tiny village in Somerset um just outside a place called Froome um was super sporty when i was a, was was a kid growing up i was the only girl really um in the village in that age group of kids so it, we would always be playing football and and i'd always be stuck in goal and um you know my cousins they were huge arsenal fans um so kind of you know, absolutely absorbed obsessed with with arsenal kids are growing red up. <laughs> uh, yeah absolutely um, so Really interested in elite sport, um, growing up near Bath, so huge heritage in Bath Rugby Club. Um, you know, my all, all my family were, um, were huge Bath Rugby fans. My cousin was a, a pro golfer. Uh, I was obsessed with the kind of Olympics athletics. It was the kind of um, Sally Gunnell okay. uh, era, Colin yeah. Jackson, just... Mm-hmm you know just such such heroes of of mine growing up and and i also played a lot of sport at school so i i played a a lot of netball um and a lot of hockey um which was which was huge huge fun um lots of friendship forms i think playing playing team sports as a as a child is just is so important for you know emotional um growth and 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 uh and making friends and 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 being confident and things like that so sport played a, a huge role in in my in my life growing up um really in the middle of nowhere um and i had this obsession i went to london with my dad when i was maybe 6 or 7 and we went on the district line when the district line was the wooden floor oh wow um, okay yeah, <laughs> um and i was fascinated i remember we must have come up what i now know as westminster tube station kind of walked up the stairs and saw big ben and thought this is just the best feeling in the whole world and and i must move here one day so i went through you know bath spa university did business studies um didn't really have a sharp focus on what i wanted to work in but um just wanted to be in london Mm -hmm. um and as a, as a kid growing up, or certainly when you had the kind of careers advice moments in your life, there's no real, or there certainly wasn't back then, a clear pathway to work in sport. Being super sporty, people used to say to me, oh, why don't you be a PE teacher? Or why, why aren't you a physio? Mm. But it was literally those two options that, yeah. that, that you had um, at that time. So there was not a real clear pathway in, in working in sport as a career. Anyway, I wanted to work in in London and move to London desperately. And I, I had a, a had a friend who was a rugby agent, um, and I was chatting to him in Bath one day and, and said, "Yeah, I just want to move to London. Um, do you know anyone in London?" And he said, "Well, actually, I do. I, I know this guy. He's he's a bit of a, a bit of a legend in the sport industry. He used to be a, a sports editor, um, and he's looking for an assistant. Please, please let me let me um, let me introduce me. I, I just want to you." know, see see what's out there so he introduced me and at the point that then there was no jobs um so he kind of very politely said no no um you know, there's, there's nothing cooking here so um you know let's stay in contact right. and then about yes. six months later i was um in malaysia um with my mum on holiday and i got an email through to my kind of very og hotmail account um and it was the time where um internet was not everywhere and you have to dialogue still exactly (laughs) Exactly. yonder
0: accounts and things (laughs) it
1: it was it was the it was the dial-up so I remember (laughs) receiving this email at this resort we were in in Malaysia and saying to my time difference I've got to get in contact with him straight away so we started to um to email then and he he's such an amazing person it remains a very close mentor to me this day that he said yeah the fact that you've got you got in contact whilst you were overseas in a time when it wasn't very easy to do that. That's why I gave you the, sh- gave you the chance. Wow.
0: Basically. Amazing. So,
1: literally a couple of weeks later, I was, uh, in London. I, he, he worked in the city and Cheapside. Um, I was sleeping on one of my cousin's um, floors for a couple of weeks before I, 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 I um, was able to, to get my own, my own room, my own shared room in a, in a shared house okay. Um all You're my in. stuff in his office in Cheapside. Oh was so welcoming. <laughs> um, and that was that. So that's, that's, that's how it beginning. started the first step. Um, so he was incredible. He was the, a former sports editor of the sun, the mail on Sunday, a former times columnist, Wow. knew everybody in the industry it is a complete hero of mine um, was a real champion of women really early um, wow. so I remember being a student and and reading the sports pages and um, there was this incredible writer called Vicky Orvis um, who spelt V-I-K-K-I so her name was really memorable as a as a as a by as a byline and he he employed her as one of the first Females to work on national um, national sport tabloids. Um, so he was really, um, a, 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 you know, really ahead
0: of his time. Really, With his making time decisions to put women in the those absolutely. Spaces. So it's she great.
1: she covered she covered football and athletics, and I just read everything that she she wrote, and and then I just started thinking, well, there there could be there is clearly a ca- career in sport that I never knew existed. So you know, let's let's see how that goes. So. I was with him for two plus years. He it, it, it kind of gave me the foundation of knowledge and a, a really senior network from the beginning because obviously he knew all the editors and broadcasters, and um, through his through his um his network of uh, and and his his credibility in the industry. So it was absolutely fascinating to have that mentor and that foundational um, knowledge in my first role. I got really really lucky um, and. He, I think he kind of really thrived on creating um, almost like a little hub of talent. So he would he would work really hard with you, give you all his knowledge, Um, and then he'd say, "Okay, go on, off you go." So a couple of years in, you know, he'd say, "Come on." your time and wow. so he could let you go into the bigger Off the, the, bigger, to the big
0: wide world and a- absolutely what a great I mean wow what an amazing human being though personally and professionally it could have been completely polar opposite for you know an experience that you know if you had some kind of misogynistic male to work for and your job was purely your PA role and some typing and do this and that and that's it and nothing further you know which I'm sure many people have it many women have experienced those roles and that's kind of the limit of that unless they have you know to have an opportunity with someone like that then wow you know just fantastic so that was the platform really to give you um to fuel you as well I guess.
1: Absolutely um I couldn't have asked for a more brilliant boss, mentor, door opener, um, teacher and it was just so much fun and he, you know, he remains to this day a, a huge mentor and influence on me and gave me lots of life lessons um, in, you know, the, 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 the famous Bow Lane uh, wine vaults that we used to frequent um, and give me lots <laughs> of good knowledge and it was just brilliant and he's he's just such a wonderful character um, and just just honoured to have been able to have um, started my career um, under his watch, and yeah, he, he started the organization because um, he was a a journalist and sports editor for a long time. And and PR people, communications people, would come to him and not really understand what a story was. Um, and so he saw an opportunity to 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 do things better than the um, the, the the PR companies that were currently in that you know operating in that time in that era so um yeah really really smart and um feel very fortunate to have um to have been able to work uh for him and and be coached by him so generously in in the first few years of my of my career after that, I went to um, this brilliant global um, WPP agency called Hill & Knowlton and worked in their sports team, and I, I was there for five years. It was just brilliant. We had a bar in Soho Square. Oh, wow. It was so much fun. So um, really a, a real moment of kind of the, the learning about team dynamics and characters and peers and working across lots of different sports and organizations and brands with different teams all the time really social um and you know just what a privilege to work with that group of people at that time we remain super close to this day a beautiful time um was had at at, at that um, organization um and and five years
0: there where were you at this point in your kind of career path what sort of job title were you then were you doing at that time
1: so I, I left Hill and Knowlton um, as an account director at that right. time. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I got the opportunity to interview um, at Nike. Which, growing up, you know, huge fan of sport and uh, you know, really iconic um, moments in sport history. The the Kathy Freeman suit. And Sydney Olympics wow. um, was a Nike innovation um, that I was just in awe of at the time. Um, the gold um, Johnson, uh, golden red Johnson track spikes. Um, obviously, being an Arsenal fan, and Ian Wright reaching the um, <laughs> the goal the goal um, record for Arsenal at the time. Just done it. Just just really. Just like the, the, the ultimate iconic global brand, I think.
0: Um, I'm um, sorry, I stand corrected saying Nike. It's probably the... So now I know for sure from someone who has worked there, it is actually pronounced Nike. And that is the correct. So I have been saying it wrong all these times. It's like the whole Moet, Moet thing. It is Moet, not Moe. So now I know. So I stand corrected. Sorry, edit prior Nike. There we go. That's probably a massive bugbear at everyone at Nike. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so so then so Nike, so so nine years, this was this is when I shifted a, a gear from um you know, not just being ideas and creative, but you you know, that kind of that's that strategic mind was enabled then and working amongst brilliant people, um just thinking differently and taking the brand and sport to a new level. Um, I had a European role so different cultures, um, different markets. Wow, um, that must have been just, inc-
0: yeah, incredible, eye-opening, I mean just you know again personally and professionally to just really open opportunity and to learn and just so much.
1: Yeah it was it was an incredibly special time, um, nine years again wow. you know it, it's a it's an organization that as a as a sports fan growing up and 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 you know having them worked in sport by them for seven or so years um for me was the ultimate or or ultimate goal a global brand so so yeah really um really brilliant um huge period of learning and um really pushing the boundaries of who I was as a as a, as a, um, as a colleague, as a, as a, as a leader, um, working on global football and, um, basketball brands, um, expanding your
0: horizons, really, I mean, so much fun, lots of travel,
1: um, yeah, it was, it was, it was brilliant, um,
0: the Olympics as well, World Cup, Champion League, I mean, really, it's like the, the, the the little Claire Pardell, right? But I was just like, Yay, I am literally living my best life, you know. I mean, it was. wow. It, yeah,
1: it was. For 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 little me in that tiny village in Somerset being put in goal to play World Cup, um, in the in the local playing fields. Wonderful uh, was was just yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty wonderful to to be in that organisation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I mean, congratulations. It's a huge deal. It's amazing. So, and to have, you know, that sort of longevity there and to have covered so much and really uh, grown, you know, from your experiences and your time working with such an iconic brand and people and the type of people within such a company as well.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, the 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 people around you um, in, in an organization like Nike and the culture there is um, is is another level really and um, you learn so much from people across the organization um, every day so um, yeah very feel very fortunate um, and then um, I had my uh, little girl in 2016 and um, that was a I mean, obviously, a, a wonderful moment. Um, and about that time, um, I started to see a bit of a shift in the sport industry landscape. Um, personally, and it, it probably happened before that, but I was probably more aware of it then. Um, in that, women's sport, from an elite perspective, was really gaining momentum. Um, you know that there was there was successes on on the pitch or on the court in in hockey, in cricket. Um, in netball in women's football for the lionesses and the um, the women's super league in women's rugby um, the the female track athletes were um, were being incredible at the time so there was a real buzz around the this sport industry where you saw women's sport from a um, an eyeballs, a watching perspective, from a commercial perspective begin to grow, Mm -hmm. from a storytelling perspective um, begin to evolve and become super interesting. Um, More media platforms were... were enabling brilliant female writers. Um, you know, Vicky Orvis did the trailblazing. And um, since then, there's just been some incredible female commentators, broadcasters, wow. producers, Amazing. events, journalists. So that side of the industry grew, yeah. as did the sport on the pitch grow. Right. And with that then comes the industry behind, that sits behind those two pieces. So the roles like communications and marketing. Um, and also the, the participation in, in young girls and boys playing sport as a result of seeing more of women's sports there, yeah. Um, yeah, beginning to see role models in that space is something really new and really exciting. Um, so, so there definitely was a shift not just from a sports industry, from a sports landscape, but also a sports industry landscape. So I'll go back to the days of my first role where there weren't very many females at the table to now seeing some brilliant, um, brilliant operators, brilliant new talent coming through um, and leaders in the industry with a real voice that were really sparking change Amazing. um. So I had my little girl um i and then uh, i went back to um to my my former employee and then um decided to leave um to set up on my own okay. and it was a really uh it was a really interesting personal journey for me at that point I think when you become a a mum you you go into becoming a mum thinking I'm not going to change. I'm still the same person, um, which you absolutely fundamentally are. But in the workplace, I found that I was lacking a bit of confidence. Um, I, you know, questioned, can I do this? Am I still good enough? You have that imposter on your imposter syndrome, um, and so for me, um, deciding to start my own business in Onside as a consultant in the industry was a period of real change, but real opportunity to take a look at what I wanted my life to look like going forward and the values that I have in terms of always wanting to grow and push myself and um, just take a bit of a bit of a risk really on, on trying to create a different way of working for myself Um, and seeing the opportunities there to to make an impact on the work that you do and I was particularly passionate about trying to um, work in the women's sports space at that time Um, so yeah it it was an interesting period for me um, when I when I first started up on site Um, it was a it was a period where the community within within the sport industry of women was really, really growing. Um, I remember um, becoming aware of Women in Football, a community for, for females that work in the sport industry or the football industry, and going to a few of their meetings and um, events and feeling really, really welcomed and really felt like that sense of belonging Um which was really, really wonderful at the time. And then there's a, an incredible organisation called the Women's Sport Trust, who are, a real, a real kind of they have a real voice in the industry. Um, you know, they'll call things out and and make change. So right. uh, they were they really they really championed that change from the grid girls being um, removed from Formula One, for example. Fantastic. Um, okay. And, and so they, they're a really, really interesting organisation, and they've hmm. they've done this. Um, They've done this brilliant campaign called Unlocked, um, which is about pairing up female athletes with industry experts wow. to help them on their journey, either in professional sport or as they tra- tra- transition out of professional sport and looking at the opportunities and how you can support them. And that mentorship,
0: as it were. Yeah,
1: absolutely, mm. which is so brilliant. Yeah. Um, so brilliant in the sport industry I must say um I think you know for me being a a female in in the sport industry um has been has never really been a a a concern I feel like you know as your knowledge grows so does your credibility and you don't there's no question you're seen very much as an equal from my experience at the table um of course I've had the the more than occasional question by both men and women, you know, but do you like sport? Do you do you like football? Which which is a bit frustrating.
0: <sighs> no, I'm just working in this industry. Yeah, just because I am not drawn Absolutely. to it for any other reason. No, I mean, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so that's really you know the real really the the only kind of okay frustrating questions I've received I think there's a lot to be said for male allies in the sport industry I gave okay. my example of working with my first boss Paul sure. um, but then you know at my next organization I had um, an incredible boss in in Andy Southerdon, um who and, and lots of male colleagues to this day who are you know continuing to to help and support the females around them um, Which is
0: great. It's amazing. amazing. It's not, you know, off, it's not always the case and and to have had that support and good, you know, men who absolutely were supportive and, you know, uplifting and empowering and strengthening was, you know, definitely have made a huge difference for sure.
1: Absolutely. And Nike, I had an incredible boss um, called Charlie, Charlie Brooks, who remains a great friend to this day. Um, and again, it plays a real mental role for me. Um, and so I've never, you know, working in, f- in football, um, across a different sports, so I've never really experienced any barriers, um, which is, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the opportunity now for the sport industry is, is absolutely accelerating that culture change where women are on boards And they're at senior leadership decision making um, positions, um, which I think is probably um, consistent with every industry, um, not just the sport industry, Um, which I think is happening. um, And it's a really exciting time to be in the sport industry. It's an exciting time to enter the sport industry. So there's lots of emphasis on community and mentoring and enabling and always looking to um, you know an uplift or support or celebrate or open doors for young up and coming talent in the sport industry of which the sport industry in the future is in safe hands because there are some incredible young females in the industry doing game changing awesome stuff every wow. day um so that's really really exciting to see um yeah so it's it's a it's an interesting it's an exciting time to be in the sport industry. I think there's also opportunities for the more senior people in the industry to help let let students, teenagers, younger people um, know that there are pathways. To working in the sport industry, and that the days of you can be a PE teacher or a physio are gone, yeah. and actually, you know, really proactively going into communities that wouldn't see that, mm-hmm. um, and and opening doors for them to yeah. ensure that there's more diversity um, in the sport industry that will ultimately reflect the fans and the communities and the athletes that that's ultimately are the core of of the sport industry so that's a really exciting um opportunity um but yeah so it's um it's it's been an an interesting quite a ride
0: (laughs) 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 so going back to just briefly going back to when you left nike so as then a mother i mean you said about kind of not as much confidence and imposter syndrome creeping in so did you feel that you were you were more exposed or vulnerable I guess in a in a place and that kind of you know was enough to make you kind of feel like no you know I need a change now and and kind of almost taking back your confidence getting yourself back on this new path to be able to go and have that independence taking all of your expertise and all your experience from over them. you're spanning you know the three different companies you worked for and then to go and do your own thing and to be able to you know uh have have that independence in terms of time and and who you work with and and so much more just to you know have that confidence back again is that kind of how it then felt when you kind of made that ultimate decision to start your business
1: when you when you become a, a mum or a parent you you inevitably go through different life stages that yes. you haven't experienced before yeah. and so so you know my confidence generally took a hit. it wasn't just about work it was across all parts of your life that confidence takes a hit um, you know, the, 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 that, where do I belong? And, and, um, you know, what, what, what am I here to offer now? And okay. and that, that process changes, mm-hmm. um, your mindset changes. So for me, starting on-site communications felt really exciting, because I could manage, when I, when I, ahead of starting on-site, I had um, a few months where I was able to reconnect with the industry. So I went for coffees with people pre-COVID, of course, when you could actually have a lovely coffee with people and <laughs> hug, um, hug yeah, people, exactly. Oh. Um, and uh, and and I I just reconnected with people. So right back from from my first role to the Hill and Milton days to the Nike days, um, and. And the the power of the network in sport industry in, in I guess all industries was just is just hugely significant. So by going back out and, and saying hello to people that I haven't spoken to for a while and listening to what they're up to and being inspired by their stories, um, and just having having some flexibility to um, to be there for my daughter and the new the new way of living but also be more present for me and try and shape what I how I wanted to work um, was really really important and really powerful for me Um, so that on that that really triggered on side I think it was meeting these re- reconnecting and meeting people in the industry who had such amazing stories to tell and were up to so many amazing things and hearing them and thinking this sounds incredible i think because is...
0: up all those that absolutely. yeah excitement and passion and everything that fuels you
1: absolutely and i and i had a, a couple of people um come to me during that period saying you know could you help with this or could you help with that and i kind of jumped in and was like yeah absolutely and it was just brilliant to to go into to new organizations new cultures new teams new sports um and just do just just kind of share my experiences and 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 things that I've worked on before to help them you know work on 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 projects on um on events on sports moments My it goodness. just felt really really right actually for me at the time um so I've been working like this with Onside now for uh, coming up three years mm-hmm. it's been incredibly diverse um no day is the same it's that sense of freedom um but f- still feeling really committed to your clients and Um, to the industry it's given me the um, the choice to to, um, and this is where I you know would really like to keep focusing on trying to work with women's sport um, and helping to grow that because Mm. I, I took so much from sport as a kid growing up I have a daughter who I would love to play sport and take the values and the learnings, and and help shape her, and just have fun through through playing sport with friends is is for me priceless. Yeah, championing um, that. To, exactly, yeah. and you know, hopefully, when when my daughter is is old enough to be having a, a career chat um, at her school, and um, looking at her future that It's not just PE and physio. That's that's the recommended um, yeah. options. Yeah. Is actually a breadth of journalism, broadcasting, events, operations, um, marketing. Close it um, right
0: open now. Yeah,
1: absolutely, amazing.
0: Absolutely.
1: So that's um that's a real uh that's a, a real motivation of mine to to um just you know the the, the industry the the and, and the women's sport the buzz and the and the um the opportunity is it's just it's it's incredible to think that you you can be involved in in that growth in some way um and yeah it, it really it really means a lot to me to be able to work in women's sport in the sports industry more generally and work with incredible male and female um role models and see emerging new talent in the sport industry come through and do brilliant things and change the game Um, and it feels like a really exciting time to to be in this space and as a consultant going into different organizations you have this real mix of um exposure to different to different things to different stories to different opportunities to different moments and yes it's really it's really exciting
0: it's very um, special very special yes it is mm. yeah wow it's very and it's refreshing it's refreshing to hear that that's where things are now i mean obviously from an outside perspective you know you see all the women you know over the last 20 years coming you know really excelling in sport and and again knowing and hoping that does make you know that impact um you know on young girls today um, and I think I, I really yeah loved what you were talking about you know the idea in my mind of you know people even going into schools and and sharing and really kind of inspiring and making sure it is a clear pathway that people know you know young girls know and young teenagers know that they have that opportunity um, to go into sport and follow their dreams and their passions in all the ways and so many ways so much choice you know I mean and the fact that those foundations have, have been laid and continue. Continue to be strengthened um and and built upon by women like yourself who are fully on board with championing the cause and the future for you know tomorrow's you know future women in in business women in sports you know whether they're playing it or they're instrumental behind the scenes as well it's huge it's it's you know it's a it's life-changing stuff right you know it's future everything
1: yeah absolutely um so the more we, the more we celebrate the sport industry and the incredible women um, that work in the industry now, um, and the future for, um, for for people that don't even know it's an option for them yet to have have the same feeling and experiences and pinch yourself moments um, that I've been able to have which just is just so exciting. Um, and I think yeah, there's there's obviously still work to do. There's that, that bigger um, diversity in 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 sport in the sport landscape more widely. There's the leadership, the really senior leadership board board level decision makers that can change cultures of organisations and sports. And and I feel like that's hap- it's happening. Okay. Um, it's happening slowly.
0: Work progress um, yeah. And there's
1: the percentages are still not where we want we want them to be. Um, but change is happening. Um, there's some incredible senior women in the industry that are are truly changing the game, um, which is which is very exciting to see.
0: Which is what's needed. Um, Trailblazers who are absolutely, yeah, absolutely, that path ahead. And like for me, I mean, as a mother of two young boys, you know, it's equally as important. It's important for them to recognise. Girls and women being equals growing up and doing sports things, not just being a boy's thing and a girl's thing, but having that recognition, not even thinking like that, to be honest, you know, so important, you know, it's just this equality, you know, and having that mindset of, you know, whether they want to go and do ballet or a girl wants to go and do football or whatever. It's following your heart and your passion and your natural talent and being, yeah, not allowing that to ever be deterred by anyone really and you know all we can ever be doing is ensuring that those pathways are clear you know for a clear run for them from childhood right up to their future to go away and and you know to be able to grab every opportunity by the horns and and roll with it and run with it and have nothing kind of get in that way yeah absolutely
1: uh and i I think that's a possibility you know that 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 can happen is happening um, we're taking huge steps through people in the industry using their voice to really challenge and change and, and evolve. Um, there's, uh, you know, as I said, Women in Football, there's Women's Sport Trust, there's Women in Sport, there's the Women's Sport Collective, um that you know you then see these communities grow and thrive and that's where the opportunity and change happens mm-hmm. um, yep. and it's those formidable women who are leading the charge in those communities yeah. that are bringing bringing these women together and it's it's really powerful when you when you then can use your voice in that way yeah. um, there was a campaign that women in football did called what if um and they this campaign was about challenging the i guess the cultural institution of you know what if um, talksport pledged that they would have 10 work experience um female work experience opportunities for example or you know sky did what if sky had x amount of presenter opportunities um what if you know um this individual, this trailblazer, was a, became a mentor or or enabled work experience, or and so it was really really powerful moment I think for the sport industry. Got lots of um, lots of big voices involved. You know that that's ignited some significant change, and yeah. it's now that you're seeing the benefit of those those opportunities then you know have led to an impact wow. um, so that more opportunities have been enabled in the industry as a result so you know what if was really pa- was a really powerful moment i think for the sport industry to challenge the norm really mm.
0: um, it's amazing these it's voices wonderful emerged. yeah these yeah. voices
1: emerged and um, you know the impact i think will be seen for years to come as a result of the of the changes that organisations brands governing bodies sports clubs, um, organisations decided to do as a result of that moment, uh, which was pretty cool.
0: Massively powerful. Wow. Yeah. Gosh. It's it's fascinating. It really is. It's kind of, you know, my brain's like going in all different directions because it's really interesting. I'm sure everyone's just sitting here listening to this podcast episode, just kind of really glued to every word that you're saying, because it's not an area that most people really do know much about, really, unless you are really into sports yourself. You know, it's, um, you know, for me, it's not, not an area I know too much about it all. So it's really fascinating and that the power coming from that and almost the... uh, And again, I mean, in any industry at the end of the day, you know, just those voices really do matter and it almost gives permission although that doesn't feel like the right word but permission then for others to follow and then also use their voices and that's how we do make that change happen and make it okay and and um and yeah the the continuous power of community and and more just you know i mean it's exponential where it can go and will go at the end of the day
1: yeah i think there's the voice and then there's there's action so um Going back to to a previous question um, around you know when when I when I became a working mum and the yeah, yeah the self doubt or the lack of confidence came through th- you know through um, I invested in a women in football leadership course nice. and um, this was really really um, this was a bit of a game changer for me, to be honest. So it was in a, it was over a couple of days and, um, you did, uh, like you, you work, you did workshops on, um, confidence on, um, collaboration on storytelling, um, and just gave you a real lift and you were, you were amongst these incredible women in this group. Um, Doing incredible things and learning from each other, um, and I remember kind of going in and doing the two days, and then coming out feeling really lifted um, and really kind of nurtured. Almost that the you know that, that this this experience was was really in, influential for me in that early period of starting my own my own business, um, and I took a lot from those sessions, and I know that. That women in football that that piece around the leadership courses and and giving people that confidence and that self-belief and um the skills to uh, to um to, to to make things happen f- for themselves from their organizations for their colleagues is is really important so there's you know there's communities that have a voice but then there's communities that actually strike action and change or enable you to do that for yourself and it's doing those tangible things as well that um, really, for me, my, my personal experience, as I, as I look to, to set up by myself, those kind of moments were really important for me to kind of give me that lift and be a part, feel part of a community mm-hmm. and um, essentially you know, get, become more confident again.
0: Okay. It's, it's no, really nice, really nice to hear that. And so, speaking of, of being a mum and obviously then community, mum in your mum's in sports community. You've um, you've been building a community yourself, is that right? About um, yeah, supporting uh, mums that work in the sport industry and um yeah to be able to to help them and to support them and encourage them and I think ex- much like when you did that course giving them that instilling that confidence in them that's something you're clearly very passionate about from just what you just said and then to just share a little bit more about about that and how that's kind of come come to pass
1: so I think that this this started as um as 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 multiple conversations with women who are also uh, mums in the sport industry at um, networking events or or industry events um, you know we'd all be kind of smiling and and seemingly with it and then you kind of have a conversation with <laughs> with one of them and they'd say you are know, I'd say this is a you know I've got to get back you know I've missed pick up or drop off or, you know, we're, we're and, yeah, and actually yeah. underneath we're running, running on crazy. <laughs> and, um, and then I had, I'd have another conversation with, with, a, with, a, with another mum and then another one. And then in the end we were like, well, why don't we, why don't we maybe start talking and sharing about this shift that happens? Because, you know, in sport you, you travel, you work a lot of weekends, you um, you're always on. And, and, and so when you become a parent that is more difficult to, to um, be able to balance those things, but you obviously never want anything professionally to not be as good as it was before. Um, So, so I guess we are guilty of putting pressure on ourselves Mm um anyway so we we kind of decided to um to get in a room and and we had a, a brilliant brunch with a really interesting group of of women in the, in the sport industry who you know from broadcasters to journalists to the mds of agencies to fellow consultants um, you know, to, to operations leads for huge governing bodies, Amazing. and we just had we just had a lo- we came together and we had a lovely time and we just really shared some some experiences and I must say that there was lots more planned um, uh, this time last year. <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been a bit on hold. So I must say it, it started to build. Okay. I do feel like it's paused. Okay, I think there's definitely opportunity to keep. To keep it growing but i guess more more important than that it's the sentiment of the more sense of community and the the more women in business um share and are honest and have yeah. these have these conversations that you know just take the pre- help take the pressure off our resonate
0: with them and recognize that someone else is going through exactly that the same thing as you or has done and wow how's sh- she got through it, so I can get through it too, and it gives you that strength and that confidence, and knowing you're not alone at the end of the day.
1: That is that is it in a in a nutshell, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the more of that, the better. Yeah. And and not just as a as a as a female and a mother in business, but a a young female working in the sport industry and the, the pressures or the challenges or the barriers that they have and, and, and setting up groups across the industry mm-hmm. um, then really sharpens people's voice and then you can ignite the change that you want to see um, and there's that there's that great you know if you if you can't see it you can't be it I think that applies to the female athlete the female footballer um, it applies to the broadcaster, the female broadcaster, yes. but it also applies to the wider sport industry and yes. seeing yes. people in those senior leadership board positions helps fuel that drive and ambition and open the doors for the younger um, the younger females in the industry to come through and thrive and, and see that as, a, as, a, as an end goal for them um, is really, really important.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Amazing. Claire, I think that's a a quite perfect place for us to tie up with a a lovely, great big bow, really. Absolutely fantastic. Really fascinating listening to everything that you've shared. So thank you so much. Um, You've been an absolutely wonderful guest. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been so good to speak to you. Um, Thanks for your time
0: and, um, Yeah. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you, Claire. So I hope you all really enjoyed that. Um, I really did. And I think it's really, yeah, refreshing and empowering to hear how, um, you know, Claire didn't really experience, uh, you know, anything um, over her time in, in the sports industry that, you know, she was clearly embraced and supported by brilliant people along the way. And like I said before, it that might not have been the case or it isn't always the case for other people, but um, ultimately, yeah, it's um, uh, hearing how things are moving forward in such an industry that's been a heavily, heavily uh, male-dominated one for a very long time that in these last 20 years, you know, more and more women, as we know, you know, we can see more women in sport, but hearing behind the scenes that there's more women doing all of those other roles available in that industry. Um, and that gives, you know, us kind of faith and, and, um, Yeah, just that boost of positivity, really, knowing that, you know, there is that change happening, you know, we, again, we are um, so, it's so important to be active with, with playing our part in every area that we work in every, you know, everyone's voice and uh, being heard. And then, and like Claire said, it's action too, you know, Um, and it makes All the difference and will make all the difference. And I think, you know, just having that, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, again, I mean, this is why going back to what I said before about, you know, when you're in your business and you've got your rules and you can be more protected, but again, you're coming from a place you're leading by example. And then I think as you're learning and growing and sharing, um, you know, it's really important that we in our roles become mentors ourselves to then, of course, help others. And really, you know, it's so important, you know, which is ultimately how I'm here with the podcast now and everything that I've been doing over these years and, and the power that that has. And, you know, it really, it's, it's, you know, it, it is transformative and it has made, huge difference in women's lives and uh you know not just in business but it personally and helps the men to find the courage and strength to better run their business feel more equipped um and to stand up and to be heard and you know and you forget you know uh, there's so many different things that when we're young or we're young girls that we we accepted, you know, um, I mean, don't, don't forget again, it's that whole unconscious gender bias. Um, you know, <sighs> we talked about it a little bit last time, you know, and I talked about how, you know, uh, when I was going away after my children were just coming out of nappies and doing work and it's kind of like, you know, looked frowned upon, you know, mummy's going away, you know, and working when should be home with the children, you know, and, and sometimes it's not, it's not done necessarily on purpose or it's done without, you know, thinking or understanding. Um, but of course it, you know, it's still happening. Um, but yeah, I think, as young, you know, going back to when you're young, you know, you are young, conf- young and confident is then misconstrued or considered or labeled bossy, for example. Um, you know, much like as wives, we're, we're labeled as nagging, you know, nagging wives simply for uh, asking for something to be done again and not listened to the first time. So having to ask again, you know, uh, again, trying to get rid of these labels and get rid of these stereotypes you know and um i mean it's insulting right so yeah i think um i just think it's that whole negative spin and of course you know it it's it diminishes self worth it quietens your voice and all of these things um you know uh, a woman can go into herself you know and not to mention obviously in these times in covid times how, you know, the impact that COVID has had and the lockdowns have had on women all around the world, you know, like domestic violence has obviously gone right up and um, and other abuse and everything else. And I think that, yeah, I just think now, it, you know, again, going back to storytelling and sharing and empowering one another. And when I was talking, when Claire was talking, I, I had this such a vision, this real, <sighs> This unity this strength among women you know just real arms around one another even though we're all here digitally listening and you know um what we have by our sharing in this way you know and listening and being strengthened by one another and um you know it's it's so powerful it really is and then you you know it's gonna it it is life-changing but you know, then you taking on those elements yourself and sharing in your world and strengthening and helping others. And the more we are doing that and the more we're making a stand and the more our voices are being heard, the more we are continuously, you know, all around the world going to be pushing forward and just, just oh, like picture, have this visualization of like a, a snowplow pushing all the snow out of the way to make this nice clean path for future generations of young girls and women to be able to confidently walk through and walk uh, with their heads held high in any um, area of life and work and anything without it ever being uh, yeah, their gender coming into kind of question to question their ability or anything else. So yes, there's a lot of work to be done, um, and and we are we have a responsibility for future generations to do our bit. So yes, ladies, be fearless, uh, conquer. Uh, you know, it's not just going every day and doing your job and doing this and doing that. You know, it's it's not. It's you know, sharing your story, um, uh, empowering others, and uh, finding your voice, and really, um, yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, if anything you know after this whole pandemic and stuff you know we're we're so humbled by everything that's happened in this last year but it makes us realize more than ever you know what's important and uh where we put our time and why we put it there and i just think this is such a it's just so important it really really is it matters to you and to i and it matters to our children um you know, it matters to my children, my two boys, that they they uh, grow up with completely different eyes and and thoughts, and you know, uh, in every way. And and again, any sort of stigmas or anything in school where they pick up things, and it's this mentality of boys versus girls, and all of those things that are kind of again still in the playground, still in school. Um, you know, different things. You know, I mean, my yeah, my son Jacob said to me a few months ago now you know it said about oh wear a pink t-shirt pink's for girls and I know it's such a cliche thing it's for a boy to say that and I was just like anyone can wear pink you know and it's kind of like standing up for girls defending girls to get, and then like other things like oh you shouldn't be do that wait for daddy to do it no I can do it thank you very much I can lift this or move this thank you very much you know um it's that understanding that you know uh it's uh, taking away that whole stereotype that seems to be enforced at a young age and um you know having the reality that you know both men and women can equally and easily do everything as well you know and uh so i just think you know the world is changing and it's got to start from that young age that these generations are then um not filling the boots of people in yesteryears and those mentalities but they're filling the boots of people who are really uh, cementing the pathway for them you know to excel in their roles to support women around them and so that we can be moving forward to a world of gender parity one day in 99.5 years but I would hope sooner than that you know I really would I would hope that that you know yeah we've got a way to go ladies we've got work to do and you are responsible for playing your own part in it, in your world and and in this big world we live in. So, uh, yeah, that's it, I guess, for today. A bit of a slightly different episode today, but very important one to have some food for thought over, I think, and go and look on the UN website and uh, the World Economic Forum. Go away and do some research and have the understanding. And, I mean, there's so much, you know, this it's very eye-opening Um And again, very humbling, you know, when you start, you know, just realising how many countries around the world, you know, how fortunate we are, really, um, and to never take that for granted. So I think just, um, yeah, take on everything from today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, We're back, obviously, in two weeks' time. As always, I will be eating my way through these next two weeks for certain in lots of really delicious places and catching up with lots of absolutely lovely uh, friends which I'm really looking forward to looking forward to my me time as well of course at my um at my spa day on Sunday so I'll get to share all of that with you soon too and then just going to keep on keeping on navigating through all the rest of it and um and so much more. So yeah, that's it from me. As always, please do rate this episode if you enjoyed it. Mark it with, I would hope, five lovely stars. And do share it, of course, with any other women in business that you know who would uh, benefit from this episode and from the whole podcast itself. Take care of all of you. And as always, be sure to keep all your ducks firmly in a row.